Let's pray together. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. I will sing a new song to you, my God. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Heavenly Father, here we are on a Sunday to worship you as a community and as a church. And God, as an individual, I make that choice today to worship you, to choose faith over feelings, to choose faith over emotions, God. We choose today to lift up our hands and to pray to our living God, the one and only, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was and who is to come. We worship you today. With all of our hearts, I pray right now against every distractions, every whisper, every shout, and the plans of the enemy. I bind it in the name of Jesus, and we look to you, God. We stand united in Christ, and we worship you in the banner of tr the truth, the truth of our Lord, our Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. So God, I pray as you transition now that the words of my mouth of this message, oh God, may be pleasing in your sight, oh Lord. And the meditations of our hearts may be pleasing in your sight, oh God. For God, you are our rock. And God, you are our refuge. You are our fortress. And we are here to worship you in your sanctuary. We love you today. We give you our all, all of our offering, all of our praises, all of our worries, all of our crowns, we lay them at your feet, O oh God. Take all the glory and all the honor of the service. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. All right, God bless you all. Let's take a moment to greet one another. And let's get in with today's message. We are still in our Authentic Christian Christianity series. And today's title is called The Cave of Adullam. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, The Cave, cave. of Adullam, which means refuge. It's a place where David took refuge. And the second small title is called The Band of Brothers. The Cave of Adullam, The Band of Brothers. In Psalm 144, in the intro prayer that I prayed, I said this, I said, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, which is a reminder that you and I were warriors in Christ. Amen? We're not called to be passive. We're called to fight the good fight. And it says, He is my loving God, and my fortress, my stronghold, and my deliverer, my shield, in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. So it's a reminder that when we are fighting the good fight, He is our fortress, He is our stronghold, He is our deliverer, He is our shield, and He is the one in whom we take refuge on who subdues peoples under me. And that is a good supporting scripture for our main passage that we're going to be going over today that is found in 1 Samuel chapter 
22. We're going to be reading from verse 1 to verse 23. And the title, it says, David at Adullam and Mizpah. Let's begin with our reading. Starting with verse 1. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Again, it means a cave of refuge because this is where David found refuge in God. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were there with him. Verse 3, from there, David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet God said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Hereth. Verse 6, the title says, Saul kills the priest of Nob. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered. And Saul was seated, spear in hand. Again, the spear is not a symbol of peace. What did Saul do in the previous chapters? He would take the spear, he knew what? He would throw at David to what? To kill, to murder him because he hated him. Because he was filled with an evil spirit, with a jealousy spirit. And Saul was seated spear in hand, which is a symbol that he is an enemy of David, not just to David, but of God. That's important. Under the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side. He said to them, listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie in wait for me as he does today. Verse 9, But Doeg, the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitab and Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him. He also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. So if you remember in chapter 21, Doeg, he was there when David was asking for the food. Doeg, the traitor, he goes ahead and he tells Saul of everything that just happened. Verse 11, Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and all the men of his family, who were the priests and Nob, and they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitub. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me, as he does today? Ahimelech answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and highly respected in your household? Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. 
Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. But the king said, You will surely die, Hermelech, you and your whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. The king then ordered Doeg, again, Doeg is a traitor, do not become like Doeg. You turn and strike down the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men. Remember last week's message. I said he's going to go and kill 85 priests. 85 men who were the linen ephod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests, with its, with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. Verse 20, but one son of Himelech, son of Ahitu, named Abiathar, escaped and fled to join David. He told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abithar, That day when Doeg the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your whole family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You will be safe with me. Amen. Church is not the building, it's the community, it's the people. We find refuge in God, and we find refuge in each other, not in a shelter, not in a physical place. Because the physical building can always change. Even if we're here in New Jersey, or even if we're in Oregon, even if we're in a different country, we find our refuge in God, we find our refuge in each other as Christians, as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That is why it is so important right now with what is happening in the Middle East, with Afghanistan, with everything that's happening around us overseas, it does apply to us. It does affect us because these are our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are undergoing trials and sufferings, especially the underground churches that is found in Afghanistan. What happens in life reach in the Philippines, it applies to us. What happens to one part of your body, the finger in your body, it applies to the whole body. We cannot cut off that body part and say it and disregard it. But we are called to honor one another and stand in the banner and find refuge in God that is found in Christ. So the context here that's found in 1 Samuel chapter 22. To fully understand, you need to read it from chapter 21. Because in chapter 21, David goes to Ahimelech and he tries to get some food and then he also gives him a sword of Goliath and he helps David out. But later, Doeg, and Doeg is there, in chapter 22, he goes ahead and he rats out on David and he tells what Ahimelech did. And in turn, Saul, he kills 85 priests, men, women, cattle and donkey all together if you remember back in chapter 15 what happened with Saul he leaves the goats and then you know what are these bleeding noise that I hear in the background and he says oh I say that because I wanted to 
sacrificed and gave an offering to your God, remember that? When he couldn't even follow through with God's instructions, Saul, with an evil intent, he kills every single individual that is found in this town, Nod. 85 priests. And he's such a coward that he can't even do it himself. What does he do? He tells Doeg to go ahead and murder these individuals. And Doeg, without hesitation, he kills. And he strikes down godly men. He killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. Only the priests wore the linen ephod. Verse 19, put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests, with his men and women, his children and infants, and his cattle, donkeys, and sheep. The writer here in 1 Samuel chapter 22 is telling us, the readers, is reminding us how evil Saul is, how evil Doeg is, how they're influenced by the evil spirit, that they're not of God, they're apart from God, and God is not with them. How evil must you be? to kill priests, to kill godly men. You know, Christians are being persecuted all around the world. And people who are doing the persecution, these people are filled with evil spirits. They're influenced by Satan. He kills not just the priests, but says the women, children, infants, cattle, donkeys, and sheep. For what reason? Because Saul is so blinded by pride. He is blinded by jealousy. He cannot see that God is no longer with him. Therefore, he is motivated to go ahead and to commit these kind of evil and treacherous acts. You know, the trip we just got back on Friday. Again, the title is called The Band of Brothers, The Cave of Adullam. And as I was doing this message and preparing for this message, I was just reflecting back on the trip that we had. And I know that Joshua is far away. And I know with uh, Reverend Jason and with Hamunim and with the elders we got to meet, uh, one of the elders and the Kunzanim there. And really, they have a heart to really support our group. Even though we are thousands of miles away, uh, it was just reminded that how faithful God is, that really you can be anywhere geographically, but God is really with us. Uh, God walks with us. And we see it all throughout in the New Testament where Paul he visits different churches as a missionary and as an apostle, and he keeps in touch with these individuals. They help one another, and they're there for each other. Just as KP, as she is visiting here today, even though she is far away, she comes back, she has a place, and she has a place where she can gather and come and worship God together with believers of people who share the same faith in Christ. And I was just reminded that this trip, it was a, just an amazing trip that I had with my fellow brothers. And truly, uh, what makes life really beautiful is uh, the purpose that we have in God that we can have with each other, to pursue God together, to have joy in God, to have loyalty in God, to have loyalty to each other, and to love one another, a community that is filled with love. And I pray that as we go on, and we continue on with this message, the cave of Adullam, 
the band of brothers. Sisters, don't feel left out. Uh, I just took it from the show, the band of brothers. But the band of brothers and sisters, it just sounded cheesy. So, and I didn't want to say the band of sisters, but the band of brothers, the band of brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Uh, we are here to watch out and to pray and to be there for one another that is found in Christ. So starting with point number one, like character will draw in like character. Like character will draw in like character. At the end of the day, good will draw in good, bad will draw in bad. In life, you will either join and stand on the side of good, you'll stand on the side of the kingdom of God, or you'll stand on the side of darkness, of evil. And once in a while, you'll find in between, you'll have those who seem like they're on the side of good, but really, actually, they're on the side of evil. And a good example of that is Doeg. Doeg was there in 1 Samuel chapter 21. He was in the temple where the priests were. Meaning, even in churches, there are people who are filled with an evil spirit. There are people who are pretending to be a Christian, who pretend to be good, who pretend to be part of the sheep, to be part of the flock, but in turn, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. And we see Doeg, he is like the one who seems like he is on the side of good, but actually he is on the side of evil. And people who go in this direction, their hearts are crooked and schemy, and they only do what is good for them, what benefits them, and they're always compelled to commit and to do acts of evil. Psalm 1 reminds us, a memorization that we did for our mission trip, the first scripture that we memorize is what? Blessed, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now so the wicked. They are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And it's divided into three parts in verse 1. Who does not walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way that the sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Where do you stand? Do you walk and delight in the law of God? And if you remember last week's message, the law fulfilled in Christ. What is the law? I'm not talking about law that you follow legalistically, checklist, talking about the love of God in your heart. Do you have the love of God in your life? So, so point A is this. Walk with individuals with godly minds. Let it be stand with individuals with godly minds. Let us see sit with individuals with godly 
minds. So just to make it matter, to make us understand in an easy way, verse 1 of Psalm 1, pretty much what it's saying is, hang out with godly individuals. Dine with godly individuals. Live with godly individuals. Fight alongside godly individuals. Surround yourselves with godly individuals. Everything you do, no matter what you do, surround yourself with people who have the same mind as you that is found in Christ. That is is so important. It is so crucial for the church to do well for our faith and in our journey and our walk with God. Right now, as Americans, we have been spoiled. We have the freedom to worship God whenever and however we want. But there are areas in other countries and places that is undergoing trials and sufferings, and they have churches on the ground, and they have to worship quietly. And their desire is to have a copy of the full copy of the Bible. Their desire is to hang out with godly Christian individuals, to dine together with godly individuals, and to live alongside with godly individuals, to fight alongside godly individuals, and to surround themselves with godly individuals. But somehow, in the Western culture, we have somehow compromised. And I'm not saying that we cannot dine with those who are not Christians. But find the balance. Who is the core group of your life? Who speaks to you? And who do you listen to? Who is in your inner circle? Doeg's inner circle was Saul. Saul's inner circle was Doeg. And a lot of times in the Bible, when you find these individuals, and if you look at the circle that they hang out with, you'll find out that like character draws in like character. Verse 1 and 2, David left Gath, escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to meet him there. All those who are in distress or in debt or discontented gather around them, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. These men will follow David for the rest of his kingship, his whole life. It's showing us and reminding us in verse 1 and 2 that the broken, they were banded together. The rejected were banded together. But the important reminder here is that in their minds, they might think they're lost and broken forever, but in reality, David is about to become king. But David doesn't see that, right? Things are really difficult, and it's not looking good. But the important thing is, even though those who are in distress or in debt, discontented, broken, rejected, even though they banded together, the important reminder is that they did not remain lost and broken forever. It's like the hospital analogy that I gave. You don't go to the hospital to stay in the hospital forever. We hear things like church is like the hospital. It's where the sick gather, but our goal is to make the sick get better. We are called to edify one another, to build each other up, not to remain broken and sick as victims forever. 
So the question is, are we pursuing godliness together in Christ? We have to remain strong together in Christ. We must encourage each other to grow closer to God in Christ. We must remain and be strong together in Christ. And I pray that you are here because all of us, we are of like minds, like character that is found in Christ. Even in our workplaces or even in our schools, even if people don't understand us, I pray that we would always have a community, faithful community of Christians who share the love of Christ that we will band together for like character will draw in like character. Where do we stand? Where do you stand today? Do you stand like Doak, a traitor of David and God? Do you stand as Saul, proud, filled with jealousy, rage? Or do you stand and walk and step with the righteous? Do you stand with those who seek holiness? Do you sit with those who are filled with integrity? Or do you sit with people who gossip, mockers, as it says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1? If you stand on the path of the wicked, it reminds us that you're like a shaft, it says in verse 4. Shaft that the wind blows away. It's just a gupture dust the outer layer of the grain just flies away in the wind. No substance. The substance is within the grain. Where do you stand before God? Like character will draw in like character. Point number two, own your failures. Own your failures. And the question is, which mentality do you carry? What mindset do you have? Which category do you fall under? So point A, victor's mentality, or B, victim's mentality. Pursue carrying victor's mentality. Own your mistakes. Own your failures. Do not run away from them and make excuses and have a reason. Verse 20 to 23, it says, By one son of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled to join David. He told David that Saul had killed the priest of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, That day when Doag the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your whole family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You will be safe with me. What happened earlier in chapter 21? David's action, the lie that he made up in chapter 21, it caused the death of 85 priests, women, children, cattle, donkeys, and everything, including sheep. And only one individual survived, the son of Himelech, Abiathar. Only Abiathar survived. And Abiathar, he would go to the cave, 
as all the lost and broken individuals went, and he would serve as priest to all the men, the band of brothers, inside the cave of Adullam. And for the remaining of David's life, he would serve as high priest, and he would serve David, and he would serve and live his life well before the Lord. Abiathar lived most of his life not being a victim, but having a victor's mentality. And it's a reminder to us that we have to fight this fight well. We must finish this race well. As Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7-8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. We must own our failures. David, he owned his failures. What he did in chapter 21 which led to the death of 85 priests, women, children, and all the animals. He goes ahead and he says, Listen, Abiathar, I'm going to take care of you, and you will be safe with me. Don't worry. The man who wants to kill you, meaning Saul, is trying to kill me too. You will be safe with me. May we not lose the sight of God. May we take ownership. When we become victorious in our walk with God, not to be victims in our mentality. Saul here is a stark opposite of David. He was filled with evil and lies, rage. He was blind. He was filled with so much evil. I mean, to be able to murder innocent priests, innocent children, infants, women, animals, Contrast, a huge difference between what he did in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Amalekites, he wants to save. The enemy of God, he wants to save. But the people of God, he wants to kill. It makes no sense. Just as a reminder, let's go there right now. 1 Samuel 15, verse 3. This is where Samuel tells Saul what he must do. Now go, attack the Amalekites. And totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Let's go to verse 13 through 15. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, the soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord, your God. But we totally destroy the rest. And you see the consistency in Saul's character. He's always what? Shifting blame. He's never taking ownership of what he's doing. He is the king, but what does he say? The soldiers did it. And he says what? To sacrifice to the Lord, not my God, not our God, but your God. So God was never his God. And it was a stark contrast between what he does in chapter 22 versus what he, do, what he did in chapter 15. He saves the evil, 
but yet he goes ahead and kills all that is good. Therefore, when we are at church, we must be wise. We must make sure that we edify one another, that we do not stand on the side of evil, and that we edify the church to pursue good, to pursue godliness. We can build a church, and that's where we are right now at the cave of Adullam, finding refuge under the banner of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must be there for one another. We must support one another. Again, own your failures. Even though he doesn't have an actual army, these are just broken men who went ahead to find refuge at the cave of Adullam. These are rejected men, 400 in total. They band together. And these are godly individuals. Again, point one, like character, we're drawing like character. That's what happened here. They all draw together because they share the same mind. They walk, they stand, and they sit together. And then point number two, David, he owns his failures. Own your failures. He has a victor's mentality, not a victim's mentality. Saul, he can't even kill the priests. So he orders Doak to do it. He's never doing anything. He's always innocent, always misunderstood. But in reality, he is full of evil and not of God. Amen. Point number three and last point here. Stand in awe of Jesus. Stand in awe of Jesus. The most important thing when these men gathered together is that they stood under the banner of God. They never lost sight of their faith in God. They held onto God together. So all, what does it mean, all? It means overwhelming reverence, admiration, fear for the living king. And who is the king? It is not the presidents of this world. It is not the earthly kings and the queens of this world. We're talking about the true and the living king, the one and only, and his name is Jesus. Stand in awe of Jesus. Remain in awe of Jesus. Again, the definition of awe is overwhelming, reverence, admiration, Fear for the living king. Remain in awe of Jesus. Stand on the strong foundation of Jesus, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Going back to Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk, who does not walk, not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that the sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. If you want to understand what the law of the Lord means, let's go ahead and listen to last week's message, the law fulfilled in Christ. And who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. This is where we got our church deep roots from, found in Psalm 1. We're like a tree planted by streams of living water. Our roots go down deep and we take our nourishment from the water that comes from God, that is grounded in God. But not so the wicked. 
Not so the wicked. They're like shaft that the wind blows away. If there are no roots, you are blown away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. That verse, verse 6 alone, it literally summarizes the first Samuel story. Because later, you'll see that Saul and all those who committed evil with him, they all die. Their life, it leads to destruction. But David and his men, the Lord watches over them. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The Lord is with David at the cave of Adam. Remember, the law is fulfilled in Christ. Without Jesus Christ, the law is rubbish. You and I cannot stand on our own strength and in our own achievements. We're reminded last week that Jesus, he fulfills the law. He fulfills Jesus Christ. He completes the law. And we learn that the Christ, for Christ is the end of the law. He is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone who believes. We're reminded that in Revelation, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. They says, says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. It reminds us in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Meaning God's law is completed in Christ. The law is useless without Christ. That is why we stand in awe of Jesus. We stand in admiration, in reverence, and in fear of our rock. For he is in control of our destiny. He gives us the reason to live. He gives us each breath that we take, each saliva that we swallow, each food that we eat, each day that we wake up and that we're able to go on about our day, the job that we have, the money that we have in our bank accounts, the family members that we have, the community that we have, the church that we have, the building that we have. He is the rock in which we all stand. Without him, we have nothing. We need him. He is everything. Without Christ, the law is useless. God's law is useless without Christ. It is completed in Christ. And I'm closing with this. Again, the title, The Cave of Adullam, The Band of Brothers. Number one, like character will draw in like character. Own your failures. Do you have a victim's mindset or do you have a victor's mindset? Which one do you carry? And point three, stand. Stand in awe of Jesus.
Or again, meaning reverence, admiration, fear for the living king. There's a hymn that I want to share. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. We, in the same way, as Christians, we stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ. All other ground is sinking sand. May we trust in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we're here at the cave of Adullam, as these people who are rejected and who were the outcast of that time, as they gather in God and as God watch over them, may we right now look to God at this time and be reminded of all the blessing that we have that is found in Christ, that we have a community, that we have this refuge, this place of refuge to worship together in spirit and in truth, to have the freedom to read the Bible, to read the scripture when we need, to pray wherever we need, to pray whenever we want, and not to be limited by the government, by the world, by the country, in the place and the region we're in. But we have the freedom to worship together in spirit and in truth. So can we come together right now as a church and with gratitude? Can we just take a moment right now? Can we just pray for one another? Can you just pray for our church? Can we pray for those Christians who are undergoing trials and sufferings right now? Can we just take a moment right now at the situation that is happening in Afghanistan, in the Middle East, in North Korea, in these regions, in China, where Christianity is banned. Let us just come together and pray for our fellow brothers and sisters. Let us pray for one another. Let us just pray for God's strength to be upon them. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for bringing all of us here together to worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you, God, for this church and for the refuge that we find that is found in Christ. God, I pray that no matter where we are geographically, that we will not be discouraged, that we will not get lost, that we will not feel alone or we feel abandoned. But Lord God, you are with us. You walk with us. You watch over the righteous. You watch over the path of the righteous. By the way of the wicked, you destroy. You abolish, oh God. So I pray that we will trust in you. That we will hold on to you. God, that we will have clean hands and a pure heart to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, God, that we'll band together. That is found in Christ, and will truly seek after you with a genuine heart. God, I pray for those who are undergoing trials and suffering right now, who are being persecuted as we speak. God, Christians, especially right now in Afghanistan, God, who are undergoing sufferings and trials. I pray.
Father God, you send godly individuals, people that you use to save these individuals, Lord God. I pray you bring encouragement, God, to these Christians and missionaries, pastors, who are undergoing trials and suffering. I pray, God, for your protection and God for them to rest in the shadow of your wings, Lord God. God, you bestow your grace and your mercy upon these individuals. I pray, God, you bring them encouragement. I pray, God, you build a church, especially in these last days, oh God. I pray for the church all around the world. I pray for our partners, the new church of Oregon. I pray for life reach. I pray, God, especially during these past two years, as things have been so difficult, I pray, God, you would encourage them, that you remind them who their God is, that God that we all share, that we all stand and sit, and God, we walk in the banner of one banner, and that is the banner of our Lord Jesus Christ. We stand upon the rock, upon the rock in Christ in which we stand. We need you today. Holy Spirit, have your way. to our feet just with our eyes closed remembering the chorus of the words so I stand in awe of you Jesus remembering our point number three stand in awe of Jesus remembering Psalm 1 stand stand in Christ stand in God do not walk and step with the wicked or sit in the seat of mockers but stand in God, stand in the truth, especially right now as we're living in the last days. Be alert, be ready, know where you stand. Stand in Christ. If you do not stand in Christ, you are standing on sinking sand. All the foundation is sinking sand. Stand upon the rock of Christ. Stand in Him. The Word says this. So I stand in awe of you, Jesus. And I'll stand in awe of you, Jesus, my Jesus. And I'll let my words be few. Jesus, I am so in love with you. Let us start and sing. So I stand in awe of you, Jesus. Sing together. Words be few. And I'll let my words be 
few. One more time together. I'll let my words be few. we stand in awe of you and we'll let our words be few Jesus we're in so in love with you my God our God, our King and our Savior therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, And the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Heavenly Father, may we not be a foolish builder, but may we be a wise builder, that we will build our house, our church, upon the rock of Jesus Christ, that God will stand in awe of you, Lord, for God, you are our Savior, you are our King. And God, you are our everything. So God, I pray for strength and for encouragement and for protection upon all those faithful believers and Christians who are undergoing trials and suffering all around the world. I pray, God, that you will lead them to everlasting. Even though physically we will not be always safe, but Lord, may we not lose our focus our spiritual journey, our spiritual accomplishment, the goal that you have called us to walk and to run and to sit and to run this race well, oh God. May we, as Paul says in 2 Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have ran the race. And God, may we finish this race well that is found in our Lord. Jesus Christ. We look to you, God. We pray for strength and for encouragement today. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen.